Today our reading comes from the prophet Zechariah, the sixth chapter, the twelfth verse. Zechariah, the sixth chapter, the twelfth verse. The Bible says, and speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. He shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Now this is a message through the prophet Zechariah concerning Jesus Christ. And in this account, he is called the what? The branch. If it's on your screens, it is not a branch. It is the branch. Somebody shout hallelujah. And many have taken in account, I mean the writers of scripture, to give names, to give titles, to accord certain positions to the person of Jesus Christ according to the revelation that they have about the Christ. Some see him as a lamb which was slain and indeed he is a lamb that came for the slaughter, the sacrifice. The Bible says the propitiation of our sins. Some look at him as a king and that is true. Some look at him as a prophet and that is true. Some look at him as a teacher and that is true. He is the son of God. All of these things are true. But today, I want to give us a revelation on the branch. The Bible speaks of the root of Jesse. And out of there, he says, he shall grow up before him as a tender shoot. And this tender shoot is the person of Jesus Christ. He is a branch. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, the first time I read this portion of scripture, I'm conscious to ask God, what is this thing about the branch? Oh yes, we know that branches bear fruit, but what is this? And then I took time to study the Hebrew. And when I studied the Hebrew, I realized that the word there, the branch, is a Hebrew word called shamak. You can pronounce it as shamak. It means to sprout or to grow or bud. But the mystery of this sprouting, the mystery of this budding is not just the way you'd look at a branch budding out or sprouting out and producing fruit. It has a deeper meaning. And the meaning is that this concept also borrows the idea of something growing out of nothing and continuing to grow endlessly. See, when you define branch the way you understand a tree, it might not give you a very clear picture because some of the branches of certain trees either don't grow as they should or some are limited in how far they are able to go depending on certain circumstances, some of which are the natures of these trees. Somebody shout hallelujah. But in this instance, this Hebrew word here tells us of a branch that sprouts or grows out and starts to extend itself endlessly. 
And here, they're telling us about Jesus. They're giving us another side that many people don't understand about the person of Jesus, nor the ministry of Jesus Christ on the earth. This is deep, and I'm going to explain why. Because of how many people understand Jesus, or the gospel that we are preaching, some it's also based on the doctrines that we have acquired over the years, based on how certain people interpret God, and most especially, when we choose to see Christ from our personal experiences and choose to interpret the revelation of God according to our own understanding, because we don't understand that the place of interpretation firstly begins with our positioning than it is with our ability to add or take away or connect dots. Let me explain what I mean. The Bible was never written for a man to interpret. The Bible was written for a positioned man to understand. That is why he tells us it is given to you to know the mysteries of heaven. If it is given to you to know the mysteries of heaven, any text that you are reading is not supposed to be something you will try to interpret because it is given to you to be able to understand it. As of whether you agree or you don't agree, as of whether it works in your life or it doesn't, that's another issue and that's entirely dependent on your foundation. But by and large, scripture was meant to be understood when we understand our positioning and placing in Christ. Remember, in the beginning was the word, isn't it? And the word was made flesh. Who is that? The person of Jesus Christ. And he dwelt among us, isn't it? At his ascension, he now comes to live in the inside of us. Do you agree? So if the word of God is inside your spirit, how can you tell me that you don't have an understanding of what you have in the inside of you? Or rather, even simpler, besides the indwelling life of the Christ, also he has given us the opportunity to live in him, to move in him and have our own being. The water is in the well and the well is in the water. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, he says you shall ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done. Are you following where I'm going? So when we try to interpret, we are a bit behind the place God has accorded us as a church. We are supposed to fully understand, not try to understand. That is why when you are in a place where you're trying to understand, you might further go away from understanding because God firstly wants you to understand that your positioning defines your understanding. Your nature defines your understanding. Firstly, do you know the meaning of being a child of God? Because when you understand that, when you understand the indwelling life of Jesus Christ, when you understand that Christ dwells in your heart through faith, when you understand that Jesus is not somebody you call upon, but he's dwelling in the inside of you. Oh, when you read the word, the man says it's a mirror. Woo! The man says it's a mirror. He says, and we behold like in a mirror the glory of God. And he says, when we continue to behold like in a glass, he says, we are metamorphosed. We are changed from one level of glory to another level of glory. As we continue to look into the perfect law of liberty, we are liberated and made free. Why? Because we see ourselves. Now that's a hard thing for the church to understand if you've lived a life where... <laughs> You are separated from Christ through scripture. 
Some people, every time an oracle comes to them, it separates them from God. God is there for them. They're here. They're far from God. They're trying to get to God. And that's the wrong way of understanding. That is why he said, we're not going to go to heaven to look for him and say, where is he? Uh -uh. Neither can you say, oh no, let me go to the hate. Let me look side and side. No. He says, but the word of God is in thee now. It's not outside. It's here. Where is God? Somebody shout hallelujah. He's inside you. He's inside you. That they might be in me. And I in you. That we might be one. And that the world may know. That the world may know. That the world would understand. That they're my disciples. We are in Christ. And Christ is in God. For to it was God in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing sins. But imputing righteousness. And after that Paul says. And he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And he says and we beseech thee. As it were Christ in God or God in Christ. Be ye reconciled unto him. What is the ministry of reconciliation? It is the message of the New Testament. It's the message of the New Testament. The message of the New Testament is a reconciliation of man and God. Many people find that so dangerous to even think. And not because it is wrong, but it is too much for them to understand. Because for so long they've been hearing something different from the good news. But how else can it be good? Except it's exceptionally unbelievable. Somebody said hallelujah. I pray to God every day that may we get to the full understanding of this reconciliation and that every man and woman at the sound of my voice, if you are a pastor, that our ministry is the word of reconciliation. It connects men back to God. It tells a man that they have been united with God. They are with God. God is with you, not just besides you. He's in you. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power might be of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. He is the father's branch. Yet he is the vine of the church. And the church becomes the branch. Who understood it? Shout hallelujah. He says I am the vine and you are the word. Without me you can bear not word. So get that picture. Get that picture. That's why I told you, if you look at a normal tree, you might not understand it. But if you understand it from the language of the Spirit, it's a beautiful thing to understand. He is the branch of the Father. But yet, He is your shoot and you're His branch. Who has understood what I just said? But why is it hard for us to believe this? Why is it hard for us to take it? Why is it hard for us to receive it? Because the world is not yet ready for how the church would look like if it fully believed this mystery. When he says that he is the branch and I've given you the picture of God concerning this branch, this branch that continues to bear fruit, yet you are the branch of that branch. So, interestingly, you are like the fruit which is the branch. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
I want to say something dangerous, but I don't know whether you're able to take it. You see, when we say that you are the fruit of redemption, not the seed, some of you must understand what it means. Because not many people are able to take this. If indeed he is the branch of the father, yet you are his branch, whether you, his branch produces fruit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or he is the branch of the father which produces fruit. It's evident you are the fruit of this redemption. Not the seed thereof. Do you know what that means? The redeemed you died. What is alive in you is the fruit of that death which is the resurrection. Somebody shout hallelujah. When the Bible says when he died, something about you died. Somebody shout hallelujah. And when resurrection comes, now the mystery of the new birth, the new creation. For if any man be in Christ, the Bible says, he is a new creature. Behold, the old is past. If you understand that, you cannot believe in a generational curse. Because the man, the man that could bear generational curse was buried with him. Listen to the statement. If any man be in Christ, any, whether he's a Motoro or a Mochiga, whether he's Hispanic or black, whether he comes from a family, where they do witchcraft, whether he comes from a reverence home, whether he comes from a pastor's home, whether he came from a witchcraft home, whether he came from a dysfunctional home, whether he was born again from a street. If any man be in Christ, the Bible says he's a new creation. And it says, behold, all things are passed away and now all things are become new next line and all things are of god nothing generational cast nothing from their father's lineage nothing from diabetes in the lineage nothing from the cancer in the lineage nothing from the high blood pressure in the lineage nothing Somebody say, I am born again. And I'm a fruit of redemption. Hey, people are still cursing out. Hey, go, 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 go. Leave me, leave me. And I tell Christians, you've been cursing out things for 30 years. What kind of demon does not go? I told people years ago, when I was joining the bank, we used to have that mandatory medical exam and then this nurse asked me in your family lineage do you have people who suffer from hypertension i told her no diabetes no you're a lucky family i told her yes if any man be in christ i think she was talking about the <laughs> I think she was talking about my biological family. Oh, the Bible says, set your mind on things above. Then you find a Christian saying, in our family we get... In our family. Which family? 
Listen, a man came to Jesus and told him, your brothers are looking for you. And he says, who are my brothers? <laughs> Glory. He said, who are my brothers? Who are my sisters? Save they which do the will of the Father. That means, if I do the will of the Father, I'm more related to you than the person you are born with from the same womb. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, when they talked about my family, I started remembering, has Paul ever suffered from diabetes? No. St. Peter? No. Ezekiel? No. Abraham? No. Hezekiah? No. Deborah, my mother, no. Sarah, my great grand great great grandmother, no. I told her, no. <laughs> Somebody shout, I'm a new creation. If you understand that, you will refuse the devil from taking you for a right. You'll refuse it. You will refuse it and say, uh, uh, no, no, no. Some of you already have stopped looking like your relatives. The gospel has already started changing you. Do I have a witness? You're doing things people related to you don't do. Have never done. Some of you are the first in your family. Why? Hey. Woo! Glory! Scientists are talking about gene editing. The church has been editing genes for centuries. Hallelujah, glory to God. You say something like default, you say, eh, eh, not in my children. Somebody shout hallelujah. Eh, eh, not in my body. I refuse it. In Jesus' name, you will live longer than anybody that was related to you in the body. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. New creation. Fruit of redemption. Fruit. The seed died. Only seeds die. Yeah. Don't you know that except a seed fall to the ground and die. The Bible says it abideth alone. But if it dies, the Bible says it brings forth much fruit. Nothing of you could have died and was raised as a seed. Not possible. It's fruit. Who has understood this? That is why we are all saints. <laughs> Woo! Glory! to the saints at Ephesus you think Paul doesn't know they have their issues but we call ourselves saints some people just like the line I'm a sinner what's wrong with you somebody shout hallelujah tell your neighbor choose which line is true now let's continue here now in the interpretation of Semak, the word I was talking about, the branch, that which grows or buds extends endlessly. God is trying to give us a picture of how the Christian life is supposed to be. And in the easiest language possible, that the Christian was created to begin from wherever they begin from. And grow endlessly. Advance endlessly. Increase endlessly. When you understand this mystery, you will dream for the world. You'll understand that God did not call you to change Lugogo. God did not call you to change Uganda. He did not call you to change Africa. He called you to extend a mark 
to the whole world. Not many people will do this, even though they had the opportunity to do this, because they think that that is for a few. You might be true, it's for a few. And add on the line, who choose to believe it? Somebody shout hallelujah. If you dare to believe that what God has placed on your life is supposed to touch and change the world, some of you, even your prayers would change. Somebody shout hallelujah. You find a believer saying, oh God, rent. And I'm like, this thing on your life buds and sprouts endlessly. And when you go back to Zechariah, what he says, the Bible says, he shall grow up out of his place. That's the literal meaning. In other words, its growth will not keep it stayed where it is. He shall grow up out of his place. That means his growth, his budding, his sprouting will extend beyond the planting. Hey, from Uganda to the world. From Masaka to the world. From Kumamboga to the world. From Chisasi to the world. From Rwanda to the world. From to the world. God has not called you to grow in the same place. Are you hearing me? Oh, no, 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 no. He has not called you to stay static in your growth. I'm extending, but I'm staying. No. God has said, you will grow out from your place. I'll make sure that from where you are, whatever grows out of your sprouts or buds out of you will extend continuously. Says so that from wherever you will begin from, you will stretch as far as you dream. That is why I said, I am feeling sorry for the people who are about to see what this generation is going to do. I don't know how they are going to label us, but be prepared to be labeled. Because how will you explain things coming out of your home touching the world? How will you explain to somebody that actually this idea that I'm doing actually began in my house somewhere in Gaza? You understand? How? When Isaiah saw it, he says, who shall believe our report? To whom is the arm of God? To whom is the arm of God revealed? Who believe us? That means Isaiah's worry was what's going to happen? People will take it so hard to believe. They will take it so hard to believe. It will be so hard for them to believe that it began with you. Tap somebody and tell them for the world, 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 for the world. Kasha barade, mato baradego, zara koteleke, sopaya, zori kato. Rirako, Maride Balegosa, Matogoro Bodogo, Sataka, Rendegezegele Porodo, Sopa Baradego, Marategede, Mango Zilegeteleke, Hoshikata, Mare Brodo, Zileke, Masopra, Lique Rigozando Zile, Holy Baradego, Rikendogozika Bakosa, Ratabale, Kosande Kese, Ho Paradiga, Mariligo, Shando Goto, Hasakataya. It is so hard to believe it when nothing around you explains where it's going to begin from. And it's okay if you can't explain its beginning. Only promise that you will believe it. 
Because that's how faith works. Abraham gets his boy. And God has asked him for a sacrifice. And they go together. And the boy says, Father, I see the wood. I see the stones. Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham tells his boy, God will provide himself a lamb. Translated right, I don't know, but I know that somehow it will work. <laughs> it's important what you say when you don't see the way. Tell your neighbor, it's very important what you confess when you don't see the way. Abraham got to a place and he was stuck. I see the wood. I see the stones. Where is the lamb? I see you going for Thursdays to pray. <laughs> I see you serving. Where is the result? <laughs> Glory to God. I see you shopping. I see you praying like this. Where is the man? You understand it? It's important how you answer. And Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. And amazingly, amazingly, it's the mystery. It's the essence of redemption. Jesus becomes the lamb which was slain for mankind. Do you understand where it's going? So, the Abraham thing is a miniature picture. The bigger picture is the mystery of Christ. When you understand how the faith of Christ works, you never ask how. All you have to do is to make sure that when you're stuck, make a statement that proves you still believe. That's all you need to do. But you have those Christians when everything goes out, they say, you know, this is it. Even when they tell you that she's two hours to die, it's important for you to say, I know that somehow this is Tani. To keep faith to the end. I've seen many believers begin right. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And then trouble comes. And then they type that negative sentence. Apostle, why is it that I failed to be healed? That is the point. Abraham couldn't see it too. He thought he was going to kill his boy. But he had to believe that somehow God will weave out something. And it's important that you say it. Mommy, people have gone back to school. How come I don't have fees? You're going to school. But it's two weeks in. You are going to school. But it's one month in. You are going to school. One year. <laughs> when it gets to one year, she kneels down and says, Father, why aren't my children at school? The Bible says that we don't draw back to perdition. Do you know how the devil sees you when you draw back? The Bible says we're none of them which draw back to perdition. But we believe to the saving of the soul. 
When we say we are going to believe, we don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop. The Bible says, in nothing terrified. In nothing terrified. In nothing terrified. That means you're not supposed to be afraid in any circumstance. But it's not easy, apostle. Yes, but God is true. He says, in nothing terrified by your adversary. And your adversary might be disease. Your adversary might be poverty. Your adversary might be, you know, frustrations at work. Your adversary might be a fellow Christian who has nothing to do except to investigate you. But the Bible says, which to them is an evident token of perdition, but to you, the salvation that is of God. That means, God says, if you can keep confessing and believing positively, you're telling the devil, that he has lost. To him it's the evidence. Of perdition. But to you. It is the salvation. Which is of God. That means it's the only way God can save you. Even if you're 50. Say I'm getting married. Clock 60. Tell him I tell you I am getting married. Clock 70. And then some people say. Ah, now that time has gone. You don't understand what you're talking about. How are you going to talk to women who gave birth at 90? Hello? Tell your neighbor, don't draw back. When you say you're in it, go in it. The more you continue to sink, the more you continue speaking. The more it worsens, you also worsen. Until the devil realizes if he thought he can get it out of you, he won't. If he thought he can get negative energy out of you, he won't. That's a fighter. But some of you, they push you a bit. And then after you say, ah, person, no. Things now have gone. And I'm like, I wish I can help you understand that that's not how Christianity works. We believe to the end. We confess right to the end. Until you get to a point where those who know you think you're crazy. If you're not yet crazy to some people, you're not yet born again. Well, if you're born again, you're not yet fully converted. When true conversion comes, some wire breaks. If all your wires are still together, you probably are born again, but you're not yet converted. But when you convert, because you see, in every conversion, there's a turning. And when it shall turn and be converted. When it shall turn and be converted. When it shall turn and be converted. Something has to break. Somebody shout hallelujah. I don't care whether you're 20 years without a child. 30 years without a child. 40 years without a child. 50 years without a child. You still tell them my child is here. Is here. Is here. Is here. For years I've been saying this, I'm a success, I'm a success, I'm a success, I'm a success. I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. Divine health is mine, it is mine, it is mine, it is mine. I have to make it, I have to make it, I have to make it. I can't fail, I can't fail, I can't fail, I can't. Things come and they leave you there. Are you hearing me? Circumstances come and they go and they still leave you there. That's a fighter. That's a fighter. So I have to grow and grow and grow until I touch every face of this earth. 
You remember he asked when I told you that until we have a fellowship in every nation, Fanera has not yet started. I meant it. I meant it. I meant it. Until we have a fellowship in every nation, Fanera has not yet started. We've not yet started. Somebody shout hallelujah. And then God TV called and they said, we want you on. Hey, they are fulfilling something. TBN Europe, they are fulfilling something. Faith World UK, they are fulfilling something. Canada, they are fulfilling something. They don't know that from Uganda. Shout the branch, the branch, the branch, the branch grows endlessly. It doesn't matter where you say it from. You might be in the worst place possible. Some of you probably might be streaming. But where you're watching from, you can't even give somebody directions there. That's okay. But God says, dare to believe me. That is why earlier in Zechariah 3 verses 8, when God is speaking to Joshua, the high priest, and the fellows that were before him, he says, these are for wonders. They are the miracle." That will stand as a witness when the branch comes. He sees the coming of Jesus Christ. And then he calls those who will believe him miracles. Did you understand what I mean? You are a miracle. You are a sign. You are the sign of that branch. You are the wonder of that branch. I tell people, some of you say, oh, I'm believing God for a miracle. And I feel sorry for you. Who has understood what I just said? You can't believe God for a miracle when you are a miracle. You have not understood that you're a branch of some branch of some tree. <laughs> because when you do, you'll understand that the sufficiency is not of you. As of to think of anything by you. But the sufficiencies of God, which has made us able ministers of the covenant, you will understand that the power behind you has no choice but to perform. When you feel pain in your body, you'll just put the hand there and say, Gwe! Kabarado, get out. Somebody shout hallelujah. Ha -ha. Call Apostle Grace. No. Tell him, bring your head and I pray for you. You bring your head and I pray for you. Let me tell you, in my earlier years, I struggled to believe it. But when I believed it, I started to demonstrate power. When I believed it, that I'm a wonder. Some of you, you go to God with false humility. Father, I'm nothing. I'm a basket. A frog, I am. Garbage, I am. Psalm 71 verse 7. Let's read. <laughs> Woo! Tell your neighbor I'm a wonder. And you have to see yourself that way. I'm a wonder. I surprise myself. Look at this arrogant boy. <laughs> Look at that religious man. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. You are a miracle. Says that when men come looking for miracles, 
they look for you. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. But here is the problem. Now this is to the mature. When we discuss about branches of the branch and men are not able to understand the power of planting because everything in this narrative is rooted. Who has understood what I just said? So you ask some of you, why is it that me, I don't see the results? I have believed, I have prayed, I have fasted, I have sowed seed. Why is it that I don't see the results? I'll tell you why. You don't yet understand what it means to be planted by God. For the Bible says, for those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The problem with this is they think only of the physical house. They forget that Jesus Christ was a temple. He tells them, break this temple. And I'll rebuild it in what? Signifying his body. So, when we talk about you the branch of the vine, which vine is also the branch of the father? You which is planted in the house. That is in Christ. The Bible says, shall flourish in the courts of our God. And it says, and they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat. Now the word they are called fatness is anointed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the truth. They shall be fat. We're talking about fat here. We're talking about anointed. They shall be anointed and flourishing. But you see, we are not teaching men to build an established life from or within the person of Christ. And that's a mystery. That everything is in Christ and Christ is in God. Everything. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why I told Christians, those of you who read the Bible, go through the Bible and look for everywhere there is in Christ. Look for wherever there is in Christ. The planting of the Lord. The planting of the Lord. Now, let me show you a scripture that all of you have been reading, but have not, many of you, have never seen it through this light. Read Philippians 2 verses 5. It says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, found it no robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself, made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of a man. And he says, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, the Bible says, God has highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should, not might, not could, not may, bow of things in heaven and of things in the earth and of things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Which mind, which mindset should be in you? Some Christians just end on the realm of humility. 
which is true, but humbled himself from what? What am I trying to tell you here? People think that when we get one with God, we shall become God. Therefore, we are God, God. You understand what I'm saying? And because of that interpretation, then the church is taken away from the reality of the blessing that comes with understanding the truth about this context. So instead they say, hey, these people say they are God. No, no. let me make you understand this. It doesn't mean that we don't know that there is a sovereign God, omnipotent, omnipresent, the creator of heaven and earth. We know, and that is why we bow down to worship him. But he also wants us to have a certain mindset that we come from him. We are of him. We are his offspring. My daughter should not find it robbery to say she's a Lubega. Now, I know that this is dangerous for people who think that we are stupid not to tell the difference, but we tell the difference. We still know him as our father, but we don't doubt that his genes are in us. We still behold him as the head and we worship him as our God. And the Bible says, but ye are gods. He says, ye are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. What does the next line say? But you shall die like men and perish as one of the princes. In other words, God has not called us to live average lives. Jesus said the scripture cannot be broken. It cannot be broken that I'm a child of God. Some people think that the only blessing that comes from that is only inheriting eternal life. No, that's one of the blessings. But there's a deeper blessing carrying the nature. He says we are partakers of the divine nature. We are partakers. I'm not normal. not normal. Because the Bible says, we're given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by this you might be partakers of the divine nature. We are partakers of the divine nature. Something makes you different from any living being on the earth that doesn't know God. And not only because you're going to heaven. Not only because you're going to heaven. Not only because you're going to heaven. That is why we stand next to the sick and they're healed. Even before we pray. Why? Because we know. That we know. That there is something inside us that makes us. If you cannot believe this. You cannot live a supernatural life. When COVID comes it will just kill you. When any disease comes in your body it will just take you. It will just take you. It will just take you. Why? Because you think you're a normal person. You're not a normal person. You're not a normal it's already too late. Even the way you pray. No more people don't say rabba baba ba kosha baba baba. You're already strange. You don't know it. <laughs> You're already strange. You just don't know it. Some of you just want to be uniform with people. You have stayed servants and men. But you don't know that it took Jesus' humility to be like a man. 
let this mind such that when we are with people, we are just humble. Hey, when people bring conversation, people have died, and we say, when people have died, we are just trying to be humble. Either is poverty. That is you trying to be humble. Somebody shout hallelujah. But with us, all things are here and amen to the glory of the Father. Now, why is this important? The extension of this branch. Now, this is how you're going to see the scripture so differently. The influence of this branch. God obtained a name that at the sound of that name, every knee bows of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and of things under earth. And every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That means that the influence of this name, this man, this branch, cut beyond the earth and left a mark in heaven and put a mark in hell too. And God says it is possible for you to have a mark on earth and heaven is celebrating you and hell is loathing you. They abhor you. Paul we know. Demons, 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 demons found a man and says, we know Paul. We know him. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. That means that the influence of this man left Jerusalem and extended to the ends of the earth. In Africa, he is Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Then he says, in my name you shall ask anything. In that one, if you're planted in that one, he says, if you're planted in that name, if in that name you are planted, if you can build your legacy from that name, he says, you're going to be limitless. You'll have no boundary on your life. For he that is sent of God speaks the words of God. And to him, the Bible says, the Lord giveth not the spirit by measure. We're talking about a generation that is going to enter a realm where you cannot get the anointing working on their lives. When you think you have understood her, when you think you've understood the man, God every morning will shock you by doing more through that individual. That is the church God is coming for. That is the church God is coming for. Where we do things and people ask, how? Mm -mm, no, I doubt it. I doubt it. So that they start labeling you with something. Because your results, your answers will not be explainable. It's the branch. It's the branch. It's the effect of the branch. It's the mystery of the branch. That's the mystery of the branch. It's not limited in how it grows. It must grow. It must sprout. It must bud. It must bud. When you go to work somewhere, you must be a success. And yet your success cannot be limited. Even if they got me right now and threw me into the deepest, remotest part of the world, even from there, I can change the world. 
Why? Because that's the mystery of this branch. God wants you to bud from the most impossible places. That people will say, no, there people don't come from there. People don't grow from there. People don't succeed in that business. That's the kind of business that people never succeed in. And then you stand from there and you say, Father, this is the very thing that is going to build wealth in the world. You see possibility where they can't see possibility. And when you take off, you're not limited by how far you will go. Because God says you must go to the end of the earth. That's our mandate. And this gospel shall be preached to the ends of the earth. And then the end shall come. The end shall come. Now, pastors, do you know many people think that portion of scripture only in the sense of the generic interpretation of the church, not the individualistic assignment. Get this from a personal interpretation. He means what's on your life will extend to the ends of the world. Then you can go to heaven. Don't die before you touch the world. No, 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 no. I don't care whether you're 70. You can still do something the next three years. How many years did Jesus take? Only three. Refuse to die before you do something in this world. Refuse to die before you change something in this world. Refuse to die. Refuse. Choose to believe God until something on your life touches the world. When the whole world is touched by your ministry, then the end shall come. You can make it personal. While we believe the generic too. That's what I believe. I can't leave earth until I touch the whole world. But why do you say, where do you get that boldness? <laughs> now to him which is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which I dare to ask or think according to the working power that worketh in me. I'm not relying on my sufficiency. I know I can't. I know I can't. As a man, I can't. But in Christ. But in Christ. That is why you see the true labor of the apostolic. He says we labor that we might present all men perfect in Christ. Not to Christ. You see what Paul is trying to say here? He says... Whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in. Because he understands that the mystery here in its demystification is to bring a perfection of understanding of who this man is in Christ. That's the planting. And once they are planted right, do you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing people who are being lit right now. Because God said, I don't need anything from you. Just get in Christ and understand who you are in Christ and get so hid in him. The Bible says, may Christ dwell in your hearts through faith that you being deeply rooted and grounded in love. I want you to read the Amplified of that. It says, may Christ through your faith. Listen. Actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely 
on love. Now this is him in you. Deep in love, you in him. You understand? Next verse. That you may have the power to be strong and apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people. The experience of that love, that breadth, that length and height and depth of it. Listen. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience and that you may be filled through all your being and to all the fullness of God. He says that you may be filled in all the fullness of God. He says and that the Bible says you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. It is possible to have the richest measure of the presence of God in a human body. It is possible. Jesus walked this earth with the fullness of that measure. Isn't it? The Bible says that the fullness of God dwelt in him bodily. Isn't it? The fullness of God dwelt in him bodily. That means he's the sample that you can humble yourself and be a human being outside. But inside, you hold something. And he says, and of his fullness, that very fullness of the Godhead bodily, we have received grace for grace. Spiritual blessing after spiritual blessing. Favor after favor. And God told me, I wish my children can only believe it. But I just don't want to heal you of cancer. I want to flood myself with you. I want to fill the whole of me into you. I want you to carry the richest measure of my presence and sit in an accountant's office and see what that will look like. I want you to be filled with my fullness and enter a business world and show the world what that looks like. I'm doing my part on the altar. Do yours too. But God says it is possible. It is possible. And we're not settling for less because of religion. We're not settling for this because they might misunderstand and misinterpret what we're saying. We know what we're saying. There's nothing I've spoken out of scripture. Everything is in here. But those are the lines you've been skipping all of your life. Because you don't know what they mean. But choose to believe them today. When you know that, you will learn to exercise yourself the right way. True godly exercise. Because I know that I'm a bearer of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When I stretch my hands on the sick, they're healed. Because I know I'm a bearer of life. When I speak something over somebody's life, it must change. I'm exercising myself. Enter the business and say, this must change. How do you know? I don't know how, but it must change. That's an exercising believer. For some of you, you sunk and, and then you go back, you drop back, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, apostle, things are going to strangle me, apostle, I don't know what I'm going to even sleep tonight, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. Somebody sends you a message every day of these demons that are telling her to do this and do that, and I'm thinking, do you even know who you are? How can the devil talk to you every day and you're comfortable? Are you hearing what I'm saying? God wants to raise a generation that doesn't care what the world says. He doesn't care what the doctor said on your body. I don't care whether they told you this is now the last. 
This is it. You can never come back. One time a group of students in Makere carried a girl. Her heart was failing. She had cancer. What else did Jennifer have? She had four diseases. They brought her in an ambulance at full gospel. Eh? These three children said, can we take this girl to the church? The doctor said, there's no difference anyway. She's going to die. You can take her. She's wasting resources. The heart was gone. She had cancer. She had like three or four diseases. And then they put her in an ambulance. And they put her at full gospel. And I went to this girl. I didn't even know the story. All I remember is they told me there's a girl they brought in an ambulance. I didn't even ask the details. I just went and touched this girl and I said in the name of Jesus. That's a man exercising himself. And I said, get up and walk. She just ran. <laughs> she just ran. I'm healed. I'm healed. Then the next day they take her to the same doctors and they can't trace any disease. Something had happened in her body. And now in our generation, the deception is that it's on a special man of God. No! It's for anybody that dares to believe. Those days are coming where men of God won't do miracles anymore because you shall be doing the miracles. You'll be allowing us to talk. Hey, no, 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 no. A lame guy comes in there and you tell him, can I give you life? I think some of you saw a video in, uh, in New Jersey. I was preaching pastor's conference. Then it was faith fellowship. Pastors from 90 something nations. And then I find this man, he was from some Asian country. His legs were broken and he had gotten an accident. And I remember, just walked to this man. I told him, do you want to walk? He says, yeah, yeah. I just did like this. Ooh, ooh. I tell him, get up. And the man got up. <laughs> you saw that video? Some of you. The man just walked off. Why? Because I believe it. I believe it. And some of you, those things that seem like they are complicated, you just walk to them and say, change! Hey, change! And they must change. Somebody shout hallelujah. You go on the sick and say heal. And they must heal. The branch. So you are bearing fruit. Yet as the fruit. <laughs> of a certain branch. <laughs> I want you to say these words. Please say them. Because it's important. Say I cannot be limited. The anointing operating on my life cannot be measured in the name of Jesus. Say I'm a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror by Christ which strengthens me. Greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. I have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power is of God. I will change this world. No, not my community, this world. Not my tribe, this world. No, 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 not my color, this world. Not my ethnicity, this world. I mean every nation of the world will hear the testimony operating on my life. Oh, I wish you just believe it. Now I want you to take just a few seconds and receive the words that you've spoken in your spirit. Say I receive them, they're mine. Come on, just take a minute and speak to God. Hey, ya la 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 Oh, oh, I'm a world changer. 
receive it brother power of the Holy Ghost the anointing to change the world <laughs> I'm not talking about the anointing to change your society no it begins from there like Jesus began at Jerusalem and touched the whole world on raise your voice and say I believe to change this world before I leave it come on raise your voice raise your voice raise your voice he's the power in me he's the glory that was me you are my ever present help oh Lord Holy Spirit of your way you are the power in me come on pray Pray. Pray. This is your moment. This is your moment. Holy Spirit, I adore. Here's the fire in you.
Justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, not in his own area. And the Bible says, received up in glory. And that's your course. 
reverse your course. This world will believe your God. Come on, give the Lord a man of praise. That's a great mystery. That's a great mystery. That's a great mystery. That's a great, great mystery. That's a great mystery. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, everything I've been speaking can become yours today by simply saying yes to Jesus. And I want to give you that opportunity to repeat this as after me. Sir Lord Jesus, I thank you because tonight I have understood that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. And I know that you will come for me one day. Amen.